Hey there, this is Tim from the Become New team. Today is our final episode in this series, Home, and tomorrow morning I'll be sitting down live with John and Nancy to reflect on this series and to talk about what's coming next. So we'll be on YouTube and Facebook at 7 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Now here's John. I can't believe this is our last day together. We're going to miss you here at the cabana. If you're ever in the neighborhood of Los Gatos, please do stop by. But it is possible for you wherever you are, even if it's not in California, even if it's in Minot, North Dakota, for you to be fully at home with your Heavenly Father. As you learn the secret of the easy yoke, Jesus still comes to us and says, Come to me if you labor and you're heavy laden, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. As we're learning uh, how to effortlessly, without constant strain, do what Jesus would do if he was in our place by arranging our lives around the rhythms, practices, activities that Jesus himself engaged in. Authentic transformation really is possible. And you are on that journey. And I am on that journey. But now we got to ask what's coming next. I remember one time I had been in a uh, group where we were learning about prayer together. And then it was done. And afterwards, I, I found that although I'd had this big commitment to praying every day while it was going on, after it was done for some time afterwards, I was hardly praying at all. And I went to Dallas and asked him, what's up with this? And he said, you know, oftentimes when the soul has been enlarging itself, it's just got to rest for a while. So as you look back on what you have learned over these last couple of weeks, what's gone well, where have you found God, what did, what stuff did you hate? Didn't like that frugality stuff at all. Didn't like that fasting stuff. Doesn't necessarily mean you should never do it again. You know, one of the main things to understand about practices is uh, I need to practice those things I'm not good at very often. It's not about mastering silence or frugality. It's about the power that that gives me to just live with joy and love and confidence and faith and honesty and courage as I'm walking through life. Spiritual disciplines are a means to an end. If you don't need them to be truthful and loving and joyful, don't do it. You don't get extra credit points for doing it. But the fact is that we're not going to be transformed unless we arrange our lives with wisdom so that we can receive the power to do that. So, so, so that brings me to a wonderful passage in the spirit of the disciplines. I've read this book so many stinking times over the years. But this passage toward the end, I never particularly noticed until I was thinking through, what do I say to you in these last moments? Because this series means a ton to me to be able to lay out the best wisdom I know on the most important methods for transformation I know is kind of a holy moment. And uh, as it turns out, Dallas wrote words long ago. He's been dead for a decade. 
that could not be better for this session. But now is the time for decision, and especially for planning. God changes lives in response to faith, but just as there is no faith that does not act, so there is no act without some plan. Faith grows from the experience of acting on plans and delivering God to be acting with us. Now, you got to plan in a way that fits you. Some people on the Myers-Briggs are J. They love to nail everything down. They love detail. They love to have decisions made. In our family, there were five of us. Only one of us is a J. She has been in therapy in years. The rest of us just about killed her. Um, I'm a P. So the idea of planning and real detailed scheduling and stuff. That, so you got to do this in a way that fits you. It may not be something where you slot down every hour of the day. It may involve a certain activity or something that brings you great joy. Let it fit your own life. But you got to have a plan. Now, you've studied a number of ways in which we can be with Jesus and with his father. It is time to take what you have learned and make your own specific plan for your life with them. This will come down to what you do on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. More importantly, at the outset, it will come down to what you do not do. To how you will manage to step out of that everlasting business that curses our lives. Didn't God give you quite enough time to do what he expects you to do? Careful how you answer that one. One of the statements Dallas made to me very, very, very early on when I would ask him how to be alive, and how to thrive spiritually, how do I arrange my life is you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And that's why we started with what do I need to abstain from so that I'm not overwhelmed with what else am I supposed to do? You will be challenged to consider how thoroughly you are committed to following Jesus, and you may find your commitment is remarkably flabby and thin because it has never been transmitted into how you spend your time. You will, perhaps for the first time, encounter tremendous obstacles to your faith. But don't think something has gone wrong. Don't think all of a sudden you're failing. Those obstacles were there all along. You just didn't notice them or perhaps could not correctly identify them precisely because you were not clearly moving in opposition to them. Perhaps you've complained, however, about how little faith you seem to have in times of distress. So think now, what do you want to do when you wake up, when you get dressed, when you put on your clothes? when you commute, when you work? What do you want to do with your mind? What do you want to do with your time? How will you arrange, how will you arrange for prayer? What about with money? What about in your relationships with other people? What about when you mess up? And I promise you will mess up and Jesus isn't going anywhere. What would you like to do last thing at night when you go to sleep? And then how do you want to wake up again the next day? Don't be distracted by what others are doing. They are not your servants, nor are you theirs, except as you follow the Lord. God does not call us to all the same things. You have a different temperament. You have different capacities. We'll have different spiritual pathways where we find God in nature or in worship or in service or in study. And, and, and those will be unique ways that um, kind of call to us. Don't think that you are superior to somebody else because they find some particular practice hard for you. Don't worry about being inferior to somebody else because they do something else better than you. 
when Peter was at the end of his uh, experience with Jesus, because Jesus would go back with the Father, and Jesus told him what was coming up. Peter saw John going by and said, what about John? And Jesus' response is, what is that to you? Ixne on onje. I have called you to follow me. Do you think you know him now? Dallas says. You don't know him yet, nor do I, but we will increasingly know him when we give our lives to him through the disciplines for the spiritual life. And then he has this wonderful quote from Albert Schweitzer. He comes to us as one unknown, without a name, as of old by the lakeside, he came to those who knew him not. He speaks to us the same word, follow thou me, and sets us to the tasks which he has to fulfill for our time. He commands. And to those who obey him, whether they be wise or simple, he will reveal himself in the toils and conflicts and sufferings through which they shall pass in his fellowship. And they shall learn in their own life who he is. God, would you pour out a great blessing on this one, this precious one, who is seeking to follow you now. Would you help them when they get it right and help when they get it wrong to be constantly at home in your love. Amen. God bless you. Cool. Uh, Man, we did it. Did it.